Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome back for episode 18 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast on this wonderful Monday. I am Charles Hammaker, your host, as always. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, after this week, I will be uploading on Saturdays, uh, Saturdays at 5 p.m., uh, just because I took a little poll from people that I knew. Uh, and they said that the best date they thought of would be Saturday. So that'll be uh, that'll be when I start posting from here on out. So let's get right into it. Starting off, as we always do every week with our feather friend, Seattle Seahawks, uh, the team announced that there will not be any fans in CenturyLink Field for at least the first three home games of the season. Just, to me, is not really surprising news considering the fact that we're still in a pandemic. Uh, obviously, it's been interesting lately. I haven't really heard much news uh in relation to the pandemic. So it's kind of, you know, people seem to forget about it, I guess, maybe. But, uh, you know, we're still in a pandemic and this country is not exactly having the best time dealing with it. So, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really expect there to be fans in the stands this season. Uh, maybe a little bit later on in the year we might have limited access, but um, uh, there will not be fans in the stadiums for the first three games. Uh, secondly, the team had its first scrimmage game, a fake mock, it's a mock game essentially, at CenturyLink Field on Saturday, but it was ended early due to defensive lineman Brandon Jackson, who was recently re-signed, uh, was knocked out, quote-unquote, after a helmet-to-helmet hit. He was then uh, stretchered off the field into an ambulance and taken to a Seattle hospital. He has been released as of uh, recent news. He has been uh, released and is safe, safely out there now. It was just kind of a scary situation. Obviously, you get knocked out. In any situation, I'd be worried. Uh, so, But he is fine now, and he is uh, all good. News reporters are no longer able to state specific uh, details about rosters or depth or rotations at uh, Seahawks training camp. or uh, Yeah, actually training camp, yes. I forgot about that. Sorry. Uh, due to now the regular season rules that are normally in place during the regular season, uh, simply because there's not going to be any preseason games. So you can't really, you know, tell information about depth chart or rotation simply due to, you know, that could give other teams the edge, uh, which is interesting just because everything this year, I mean, in every, every sport that's taking place right now is going to be certainly different than it normally is. Uh, so it's interesting to see what's going on. In training camp highlights in general, uh, Jamal Adams had a pick six off of Russell Wilson. Uh, DJ Dallas, the rookie running back out of Miami, has said to excel in pass catching and route running and is really catching the eye of uh, veterans to Coach Pete Carroll to even uh, reporters. So that's, you know, a, ho- a hopeful sight. It's kind of interesting to see this just because when we drafted uh, CJ Procise, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, CJ Procise played wide receiver at Notre Dame, so you kind of hoped you'd get that sort of receiving back uh, but obviously due to injuries, uh, sadly, he wasn't able to, you know, really catch a stride. So, you know, hopefully DJ Dallas gives you that sort of third down back wide receiver, uh, extra pass catcher type of player. And, you know, just uh, to get to get permission from Cam Chancellor to wear number 31, that's obviously pretty special. So uh, looking forward to big things from him. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in the running back room. Uh you know, just kind of with how stacked it is, but he seems to be a guy who's making a big impression there with the team. Uh, and then finally with training camp highlights, Coach Carroll stated that Philip Dorsett, recent signee, 
used to be former Colt, former Patriot, is the fastest fastest person that they've seen here that he's seen uh, with the Seahawks. So it's, it's certainly an interesting thing to say, you know, when you've had guys like Tyler Lockett and Percy Harvin, obviously in the past. So it'll be it'll be exciting to see what Philip Dorsett brings to the table, especially considering that Russell Wilson has one of, if not the best, deep balls in the NFL. So. You know, when when I saw a, a comment was made after we traded for Jamal Adams that we needed more wide receivers, but I I don't understand that because you've already got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, David Moore solid, you know, and Josh Gordon could be signed here uh, whenever he gets reinstated. And then you've got Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett seems to be a guy that people are forgetting about. I don't know how. You know, you bring in a guy who's got game-changing speed uh, and he's a veteran, you know, I don't. Don't know how you could forget that guy. Moving forward, uh, left tackle Dwayne Brown stated that rookie offensive guard Damian Lewis out of LSU is a baller and says that he will be really good. Damian Lewis is a guy that, you know, once we drafted him, he kind of figured, uh, and once uh, the team let go of DJ Fluker, who I I, uh, I was, a, was a favorite of mine, uh, which kind of sucked, but, you know, it's a business. Uh, Damian Lewis is a guy that, you know, you figure if they let DJ Fluker go, uh, they're more than likely we're going to trust Damian Lewis to come in and be the starter. Obviously, there's competition in camp as always, and especially under Pete Carroll. Uh, but he seems to be a guy that stands out to the veterans on the team, uh, from Russell Wilson to Dwayne Brown, obviously. So that's exciting. So look for Damian Lewis to be a, a hopefully you know a stud there, right guard. Moving forward, the uh, backup offensive line. Uh, ooh. Oh, pardon me. Kyle Fuller, backup backup offensive lineman Kyle Fuller, who has been competing for the center job, uh, competing with B.J. Finney and Ethan Pochich, was suspended for the first two games of the uh, year for substance abuse. Obviously, you know, with no preseason, this will affect him and he won't be able to play in the game against uh, at Atlanta or at home against New England. Um, so certainly, you know, that that that's an issue considering that uh, you know, you're here competing for a job, here competing for a starting spot, and you get suspended for substance abuse. It's not going to look good on your record there, uh, especially, in, you know, like I said, when you're in a competition. Uh, rookie defensive end Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee is said to not be ready for the team season over in Atlanta uh, due to the stress fracture that he suffered, and he played through while he was with Tennessee. Uh, so he could miss a few games there, but you know, there is hope that he will be, there certainly is hope that he will be with the team for the season. Uh, just not obviously earlier on. He's still working through that. And finally, the team claimed quarterback Danny Etling off of waivers from Atlanta. Uh, and he said to come in and not necessarily uh, compete for, obviously not starting quarterback position, unless something wild changes. Um. But he said to be competition for undrafted free agent Anthony Gordon as opposed to Geno Smith. He's just, uh, Coach Carroll said that he liked what he saw from Anthony Gordon, so that he comes in and does everything right, and he just wanted to bring in competition. So that's all that seems to be, and that's what the Seahawks have been up to. Certainly, like I said, a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, the NFL had a lot of um, – there was some worry due to uh, some false positive tests coming back in a lab. Uh, but they retested, and all the tests came back negative. So that's that's a good sign. Ooh, heading into our Seattle Mariners, 
uh, game week recap for you here on Monday, the 17th. They lost to the Dodgers 11-9. Bear in mind, this is a best record in the MLB Dodgers. Uh, Corey and Kyle Seager both homered, uh, which is certainly cool to have them. That was their first time going head-to-head against each other in an MLB game. Uh, and then Evan White hit uh, home runs twice. Uh, and the Mariners had a chance uh, with two men on board to go ahead with uh, to go ahead and take the lead with uh, the winning run at the plate, but they were not able to capitalize, so they lost eleven to nine that night. Tuesday versus the Dodgers, they lost two to one. Wednesday they beat the Dodgers six to four. Uh, Taiwan Walker gave uh, seven innings, and the team, you know, like I said, beat the best record in baseball there. But on Thursday versus the Dodgers, they lost six to one with Kershaw uh, striking out eleven. Uh, and Kyle Seager being the only run there. I have a segment that I'm going to talk about later in this Mariners part, but for a team that's in a rebuilding year, please don't get it twisted. The team has not been rebuilding since 2001 or any of that stuff. Okay. The second half of last year's season and this season have been rebuilding. You know, you don't go and sign Robinson Cano, Domingo Santana, trade for Edwin Encarnacion. You know, you don't get these guys. Nelson Cruz, you know, you don't get these guys if you're rebuilding. It just you simply don't. I don't know how anyone with in within their right mind could think that. You know, maybe you just don't know baseball very well. Maybe you should try golf or something. Go, you know, they both swing stuff, so go ahead, you know. But for a team that's young, you know, with guys like Kyle Lewis, Evan White, Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn. J.P. Crawford, you know, Sam Haggerty now, who's uh, been playing really well in the last few games that I'll get to here in a second. With guys like this, and they're developing, and they're just, you know, they're moving, they're just getting their experience this year, and they're working on it to play three close games, three two-run or less games against the best team in baseball. Well, best record in baseball. You could argue that the Padres... Uh, might be the best team in baseball with all those grand slams that they're hitting. But um, regardless, you know, for them to be that close is certainly something to be excited about. You know, people, <sighs> I've seen so many people get so extremely upset with this team and the franchise, but I really, you know, with the Poto uh, at the helm right now and we'll the way things that are going, uh, you know, drafting guys like George Kirby or Emerson Hancock, getting the bullpen ready for the future. Uh, I'm excited. Okay. You know, it's, uh, you know, going forward, like I said, you need to, people need to realize that they're just rebuilding now and you're not going to make the play. If they make the playoffs this year, I will, I'll do something. But, you know, obviously with the expanded playoff, that might happen. And I would not be mad at it. But at the end of the day, this team, the goal this year was to let the young guys get experience. So. That's all I'll say about that. Like I said, it's just, it was, it's exciting to see that. Uh, Obviously they lost to some teams, but to play the Dodgers really well is exciting. So Friday versus the Rangers, they won seven to four. All nine batters, all nine starting batters reached base safely. Uh, Saturday versus the Rangers, they beat them 10 to one. Evan White with a six RBI game, had a three home run. Uh, Obviously with then also with the six RBIs. Justice Sheffield uh, had six innings pitched and only one earned run. Uh, Sunday versus the Rangers, they beat them one, four to one, completing the sweep. Justin Dunn had six innings pitched, zero earned runs, and struck uh, struck out six. It's good uh, good to see those two uh, playing well back to back nights. 
And then Sam Haggerty, who was in left field tonight, uh, tonight, pardon me, last game, uh, and Kyle Lewis homered. But Sam Haggerty uh, has been a guy that – I'll just go into it. Sam Haggerty has been a guy that they brought up uh, when the team designated uh, Daniel Vogelback for assignment, and Daniel Vogelback has now been traded uh, to the Toronto Blue Jays for cast considerations. It's uh, – I'll just click on that for a second. It, it sucks to see him go because obviously he was kind of a fan favorite and – in that first half of last year, he really produced well, and he had a couple home runs here this year. Uh, just, you know, when a guy's struggling and you've got Evan White at first base, who's, you could argue, has better defense, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough decision. You know, making the All-Star game last year was great and all that, but when you've got a, a guy who's younger and who can play defense better, I mean, you could you can probably make the assumption that they might keep him over him. Uh, so best of luck to him out there. You know, obviously, you know, he's had nothing but love for Seattle. So much respect out the hat. And I uh, hope he does well out there, you know. Uh, so much success to Daniel Vogelbeck. But, you know, when they they brought Sam Haggerty up after that. And, I, you know, every time I've seen him in the game, he's played well. He's hit well. And to get his first home run, uh, good for him, you know. But to have Evan White, who came up, who's always had great defense, but he's, you know, hitting against major league pitchers has been a thing because he just jumped from sec- from double A to the majors, skipping triple A, hasn't batted against triple A uh, pitchers. And, you know, he's, he's only got a 143 average right now, but he's working on it, you know, and he's performed well, you know, before uh, the game where he hit two home runs against the Dodgers, he only had two home runs uh, total. So, you know, obviously later, as of late, he's kind of, you know, getting around to it. So that's exciting to have a guy on at first base who plays really great on defense. And, you know, he's getting his bat around. And Kyle Lewis, like I said, since last September when I met him, you know, and while I've known him since we, you know, I haven't known him. I've known it since we drafted the guy, you know, but to see him, to see this, to see the, the home runs. And it was funny, like a couple weeks ago, I saw that, uh, when he was, you know, not hitting as many home runs for a small period of time, someone goes, oh, uh, it was a fluke. Yeah, people are so stupid. Um, but, you know, to see that, it's, uh, it's it's exciting to see that. Like I said, there's reason to be hopeful. Uh, another reason would be Dylan Moore, but uh, which leads me to my second point here. Uh, Dylan Moore is on a 10-day injury list with a sprained wrist. So he will be out for a little bit, but he's, you know, a guy like great rotation player guy that can fill in just about anywhere. Uh, it's, it's, to me, it's exciting. So uh, the team also called up Jake Fraley uh, when they designated Vogelback for assignment. So he's been up. He, uh, he also appeared last September. Uh, so he's getting another run here. Uh, upcoming games for the week. The Today on Monday, they have the day off. Uh, Tuesday through Thursday, they're at San Diego against the Padres. It'll be interesting to see how they fare against them because obviously, like I said, they've been playing really good. Um, so it'll be unique to see that. And they go on a little road trip. Like I said, they go on and play San Diego, down in San Diego. And then Friday through Monday, they're at the Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles, Angels, California. Just call them whatever you want. Um, but yeah, that's my leaving piece. Please just be patient. The kids, they're playing and they're playing well. Heading into our football club, the Seattle Sounders. I know some people might like not like me calling them the football club. Uh, played yesterday at uh, in Portland 
on seven at seven p.m. against the Timbers, and they won three to nothing for the first sixty minutes of this game. It was relatively quiet. You know, uh, Portland had a couple goals. No, well, before this, Portland had a goal in the fifth minute that was called back due to offsides. Can't be cheating there, buddy. Uh, but it was relatively quiet, uh, except for in the seventy second minute, Raul Ruiz scored a goal. He ended up with the Braves scoring two goals, uh, and then Kevin Leardam scored a goal to sort of put him on top. Uh, in the ninety first minute, Portland scored, but it was called back to the offsides. So you know, uh, obviously with a rivalry like this, to go into a, uh, a rival's home stadium and beat them three to nothing—that's uh, pretty nice especially after Portland seemed really juiced up about winning that MLS is back tournament. So, you know, put them in their place a little bit. Uh, Seattle is currently second in the Western conference and and they will play on the 26 versus the galaxy in LA. So that is a quick little news there. Obviously uh, MLS teams are returning to play games in their home market, uh, sort of like baseball has been. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes and uh, how uh, they keep up with the pandemic. But uh, good for our Sounders. They jumped from sixth place in standings in the Western Conference to second there with that win. So uh, we'll see how it goes moving forward. But uh, Raul continues to be a guy who plays well in big games. So that's certainly exciting. Uh, And let's move into Sale Storm here. Not the best week for our Storm right after I said that the team had been making good strides and been playing really well. Uh, on Thursday, on Tuesday versus the Liberty, they won 105 to 64. It's a good start to the week there. Uh, Stewie had 14 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, Jewel Lloyd had 14 points, three steals. Epiphany Prince had uh, 16 points there. So obviously a really good night on Thursday versus the Indiana Fever. Indiana Fever. I don't know what the Indiana Fever is. Pardon me. They lost 90 to 84. Uh, Jewel Lloyd had 35 points, which is a pretty damn good night. Uh, had four steals. Uh, shout out to Drew Lloyd. Uh, Brianna Stewart had 18 points, five rebounds, uh, three assists. Super did not play this game. Uh, and for some reason, Indiana sort of took this as a slight to them, which is, I, I don't know, find that weird. Uh, just because, you know, Super obviously earlier in the season was not playing just to rest herself and deal with that knee. So, you know, odd. Uh, in that game, the team only shot. Uh, 23% from free three, pardon me, you know, so if you struggle in a shooting aspect, it, it will be a little di- bit difficult. Uh, and then Saturday versus the Las Vegas Aces, probably second best team in the West. Uh, and they're only a half game back now from the storm. They lost 82 to 74. Brianna had 29 points, 18 rebounds, pretty good double, double there. Uh, and Natasha Howard had 16 points and nine rebounds. So, you know, to deal with those two straight losses, uh, the team sits in 11-3. and three. They're still first in the Western Conference. Uh, their next game will be Tuesday versus the Fever at 7 p.m. And, you know, like I was saying in the last episode, uh, the team had been playing really well, you know, prior to these two losses. Um, you know, getting great minutes from Brianna Stewart, obviously. Jordan Canada came in and played really well has played really well when uh, Sue Bird hasn't been in due to rest or, you know, dealing with injury, um, you know, and getting great contributions from Alicia Clark, Natasha Howard, uh, Ezzy Magbagor, um, and since Sammy Whitcomb, great, great presence off the bench. Uh, but, you know, even, even the greatest teams will lose a game or two, you know. So 
I'm not personally worried about it. This team has great veterans that will help lead championship experience, you know. So that's it moving forward. Uh, sadly, for a while, I won't have any Pac-12 news. Kraken news still uh, kind of waiting on that. Um, you know, that's uh, kind of it, you know. For the time being, these uh, these four are kind of what we got. And, uh, I mean, I'm not mad at it because I'll take it over nothing, but that's about it. I do have, if you're listening to this point, I really do appreciate it. Um, I do have three three interviews lined up. Well, not lined up necessarily, but three interviews ready to be uh, recorded. So that'll be exciting. Uh, again, I just want to thank everybody that does take the time uh, to listen and uh, just really doesn't mean a lot to me i'm trying to make it less about just recapping stuff and more of actually speaking about it because i mean one of the main reasons that i started any of this was because you know the headlines about this stuff headlines about what's going on just can be so wrong sometimes so i need to you know i'm here to give my take on it and hopefully you know work up to uh hopefully one day being a part of one of these agencies, one of these sports groups. So I want to thank you all. And, uh, I will see you. Ooh, I will see you on Saturday.